This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey there, this is Kelly McDonald, co-host of Kelly and Company on AMI-audio. On our show, we talk about the events and happenings that are relevant to the blind and partially sighted community across Canada. With the help of our regional contributors, we'll keep you up to date on what's happening in your community so you don't miss out. So give Kelly and Company a try and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Double Tap Canada. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call or text us at 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet at Double Tap Canada. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. <laughs> well, you say that. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you again. Lovely to be your company this week. We are talking tech as always with Mark Afalalalalalalalo. Hello. <laughs> It's going to be that longer every week. It'll be 10 minutes by the time we're done with it. La, 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 la. I like that. I like it it's a like lot. A rock and wedding. <laughs> Never been to one of those, but I've had their food. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Sean Priest is here. Hello, Sean. Oh, I didn't like that. My name's just really short. I didn't like that. Hello. Sean Priest. Oh, it's like a fiesta in here today. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, other cars are available. That's a British joke, by the way. <laughs> Uh, you have to know your British cars to know what I'm talking about there. Um, uh, you know, who'd have thought in a blind tech show I'd refer to British cars? Can't get any more niche than that, can it? That's actually one of the funniest stories you ever told me, and it confused me when you told me that in Scotland you have an annual car, car allowance. That's right, yeah, if you're, if you're blind. If you're blind, you're you're, you have a certain amount of money to, for, to buy a vehicle. You can get a car, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can get a car. Every three years, yeah. I go to a car showroom, and I am ridiculed into buying a car. For my family, every three years, and I get to go along. And and the, the, what I love is that, of course, they don't do this now because of COVID. But prior to that, you would get you know a nice cup of tea, and they would say to you, "Do you want to sit in the driver's seat?" And I'm like, "Yes." Uh, do you want to turn the engine on? And they'd say, "Yes," and they'd say, "We well, can't do that. It's not allowed." Um, and then that was it. And I'd get back out and then sign lots of paperwork, and someone else would drive it and enjoy it. But yeah, you get money for that in this country. It's great. You should live in the UK, Mark. It's great uh, if no. you're disabled. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few other issues, granted, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway. How are you this week, Mark? I know you're are you you're delicate this week, are you not? I'm a little I'm a little, you know, rough around the edges. I was uh the weekend introduced some tooth pain, which ended up in a root canal yesterday morning. Yeah, Ooh. that's always fun. You know, those those actually I, I don't know what the uh the myth is that these are painful things. I you know I think the pain really is leading up to it. It's realization that you've, you know, rottened your tooth into the point that you need to kill the nerve. But uh yeah, not fun. No, no. Well, the good thing is you haven't moaned about it. Uh, you, you've been, uh, you didn't speak to me much yesterday, did you? Well, I, I spoke to you a little bit. I don't think you remember because you were high on all the drugs. Uh, if I, at one point, I thought you were going to give me your PIN number and maybe tell me you were in love with me. I didn't really know where the conversation was I didn't do that. Going. I thought I did that. That was <laughs> yeah. me. Well, I, oh, <laughs> I, do know, I do know from my own experience, I had my wisdom teeth out when I was at 20. And um, 
I remember going to the dentist and they did that whole thing. You know, they put you out and then they take th- they took three teeth out, tooth out, teeth, teeths, tooth, whatever. <laughs> um, they took three of them out anyway. And uh, I went back for a follow up appointment the following week. And the the girl behind the the desk when I went in, she was very giggly and all kind of ooh. And I said, "Was everything all right?" And she said, "Oh yeah." And one of the nurses said, "Yeah, last week you were a bit uh, fruity with the the staff." And I was like, "Oh no, oh no! <laughs> what on earth does that mean?" I think that's a British term as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's got a bit just say. No, I did not. Please, uh, that is not how this career ends. Of all the things that will go wrong. Um, But no, it was not that, thankfully. But I partly was, uh, let's just say, chatting up a lot of the staff, um, including the guys. You know, I'm I'm very uh, equal when it comes to that. You're a modern Um, man. Absolutely. I am metrosexual. I take the subway all the time. Um, anyway, let's get into the show this week. There are, I'm not going to do what we did last week. Mark gave me in trouble last week because nine minutes it took us to get into the running order. Shocking. Oh, I mean, but hang on a second. The running order first says Mark goes to the dentist. Oh, so, well, I mean, you're actually, you, you went right into it. Oh, well, in which case we're doing really well. Well done, you. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Put the nonsense in the running order. That's the way to do it. Uh, So this week on the show, uh, I want to talk about a a lot of things, actually. Nike, uh, one in particular. We're going to talk about shoes today. Yes, this is a tech show, honest. Uh, We're going to be talking about shoes and why uh, technology is being used to make wearing shoes easier, better, although that's certainly not how um, Nike are putting it out there, and that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, Also, there's a survey out there from Microsoft Accessibility. Uh, The team, they're very keen to understand more about the voices we use with our screen readers. Mark was uh, having lots of fun with me before we came on. Uh, Talking over the screen reader, using his own voice, whilst I'm trying to hear mine. Your your screen reader that you were using, I don't remember, I don't know which one it was in particular, but I, I feel like my voice sounds very similar to it. So I feel that I can mix in quite well when you know, I'm hearing... It does a little bit, you're right. It does do, a bit, do, yeah. I have to talk yeah. a little bit robotic and Are make it seem real, like I'm Mark? not actually natural. I am not real. <laughs> delete, delete, not delete, real. delete, delete, delete. Well, it's funny, right? I watched a movie the other night on Amazon Prime, and the voice for the audio description was synthesized. Oh. Which was quite interesting. And this is becoming a thing now. There's more and more synthesized voice being used. Uh, and it's, it's funny because I, I wasn't... I didn't look that up. I mean, I could just tell by the way the voice spoke because it was... Um, the wrong intonation. And, yeah, yeah, and just, you know, it kind of a bit monotone at places you wouldn't naturally be. So, But in saying that, pretty decent. I mean, it didn't put me off. You know, it, it didn't make me not like the movie. In fact, the voice was pretty decent. So, you know, I, I know that Netflix are doing more of this. It seems Amazon are following it. Although, in fairness, I think it's a lot to do with the company who are creating the description. It's the same company that makes for Netflix as it does for Amazon as does for Apple TV. Um, so, you know, any program you watch that's got AD from the States, not all of them, granted, there are different companies, but generally it's the same company being used and they are moving towards more um, synthesised voice. And I, I'm interested to see what people think about that or if they've even noticed. Ah, that's the um, thing, do people notice? I, I always hmm. find, like, uh, Facebook adverts that come up and sometimes I think... Is that a computerized voice? Because you can just sort of tell, but they are getting really good now. Oh, there goes and, my industry. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's right. 
Well, unless you become a, a voice, uh, that's the thing, right? If, I guess if you become a voice, like all these other voices, um, people make a lot of money. I mean, that woman who became the first city voice, she did well for herself. Yeah, Although but, she couldn't now, do but now else. she's a computer. Now they've computerized the whole process. <laughs> so what yeah. we need to do, actually, we need to master the art of writing phonetically for these voices, right? Mm. So when, you, you know, the word steak has to be S-T-A-K-E when you're talking about it, even though it's S-T-E-A-K. Like, this That's is, right. This is the challenge, is getting the input to recognize the context of what you're doing. And I guarantee you that's not there yet. But I'll tell you this, I think this is a good thing because what you've just mentioned there is something which a lot of blind people will say has been a problem for years because screen readers have to work all this stuff out already and it doesn't always get it. You know, the uh, inference of, of language, inference of words, it can often not come across properly and it can really, like for example, the classic mistake that you get on JAWS is read. It never reads it as read is always yeah. read. So no matter what you're talking about, it will always pick up the wrong uh, inflection there or the wrong way of saying it so just always, in that it, sentence. So it'll always say, like, uh, last night I read a book. Yeah. yeah oh, it's stupid. <laughs> it is, and you get a lot of that. <laughs> that is, it's uh, getting better, though. Think, it is getting better. It's improving. Well, you, well, that's where AI comes into play here, yep. right? Where it exactly. should be able to look at the sentence first and say, okay, uh, we're in past tense here, so we can now say read um, or read, you know? So uh, that's interesting. Interesting. Well, it's coupling the technologies, isn't it? And I think that's the great thing about where we're going. You know, you're starting to couple all these things together. So before it was a screen reader doing what it does. Uh, now, for example, on the iPhone, you've got AI working alongside the voice to give extra information. And that's only going to get better. But it will get better if more of us use this technology, not just blind people. It's got to be everyone. Yeah. Because then it makes it better for everyone else. Uh, because then what happens is, it's a bit like audio description, you get someone who'll, who's sighted to use it maybe because they want to get on the the peloton or they want to you know go on the treadmill and and you know watch a netflix show at the same time so they'll just listen to it with the description on yeah. and the first comment you'll get is oh that that voiceover was terrible and no oh, they missed this and they missed that and it's like yeah that's that's right that's that's our life you know we we have had this argument for years and only you've picked up on it now i've got a question and that's for, good i got a question for you guys um you know I'm, I'm sitting here looking at our document and we we have it in teams and and there's a feature that was released in word a couple months ago there's two features and there's, there's dictation number one which mm -hmm. is built right into word now and there's also a transcription feature that's not available in canada yet i'm not sure why but do you guys use the di the dictation feature so that you don't have to type no. I don't. No, yeah, I, know, not, not for any reason. I don't know. I, I just, I've never... Like, I feel like I want to. Like, I really yeah. want to be able to just talk to my computer and have it type. Yeah, yeah but, but I find myself never using it, even though the feature is there and probably getting better. Like, even when I'm dictating text messages or emails when I'm driving, I find that so tedious because it always screws up. And I think that's probably the problem is that it always screws up. So you you stop, you know, relying on it. Therefore, you just don't use it. But I, I was curious about in like Word documents, I guess it would be a good way to start, you know, if you have a, a stream of ideas, just to kind of start dictating it and then go back and, and, you know, tweak it up. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why more people don't use it because I mean, maybe they do. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, people will tell us, but. I think about when I was growing up in, in, in school, I remember being shown how to use drag and dictate, which became a bit of a thing. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. had this at, at school as well, Sean, but you know, it was always drag and dictation and learn how to use that because it's easier than typing. It was always, Although, it was always pretty you know, good. Yeah, it was. That's, it was one yeah. of the top. I think it probably still is to some degree. I think. Um, yeah, I think I've seen like I've seen a lot of lawyers using a lot of dictation. I mean, they're ones who used to use those dictaphones and have someone. Trans yeah. But they always had somebody to transcribe those after. 
You know, it yeah. was never somebody doing it into a computer. It was somebody doing it into a tape or some kind of digital method. And they had a physical assistant or somebody there to take those notes and make them legible. So I think that's the missing piece is that we're not yet at a point where it can use AI to properly understand what you're trying to say. And until we get to that point where it really gets it right 99% of the time versus getting it right maybe, I don't know, 20% of the time, that's probably the, the, the disconnect here. Do you, think it, do you think it's an age thing, though? I mean, is, is a younger person who may be more used to dictating, you know, hey, uh, voice assistant, you know, send this message? Not You know what? Not even. Th- my kids, yeah. I find them trying, before they were able to really type and spell, they would dictate to Siri and say, when they were looking for an app, for example, okay, they would type in, you know, they would say Netflix or whatever it is to find it because they couldn't type and they couldn't spell properly. But once they were able to spell properly and able to type and use a keyboard better, they 100% use the keyboard. They rarely ever use voice on the iPad. The only place they use voice is, well, yeah. And the only place they use voice is on the assistants because they tend to be more accurate. Although I'll tell you, there's not a night that goes by where we get into a fight because someone tries to get the A lady to do something and she just doesn't understand. So then the other kid says, oh, well, I can do it. And then he starts doing it. And then and it becomes a fight back and forth and nobody gets anything done. You're never getting that song to play. You know, I think back to school days and I'm old enough to be the, the kind of kid at school. And I don't know if this is still a thing. Uh, certainly, I don't know about Canada, but in the UK, we had this thing where at school you would have someone with you in class. You had that missing piece. You had someone with you in class. You would take notes or you would uh, either take notes on computer or in audio form. In some cases, we'd record the class. And then someone from the school, who, whose job it was to sit beside you pretty much for your entire school life, uh, would go off and write up the notes for you. I mean, I've got to say, hmm. I, I think this was possibly the lead-in to my laziness because what school I could just say, here's four books. Going to press all those for me? Thank you. Goodbye. And that was it. <laughs> and were, you in that this, was it. were you in the mainstream school? Like no, no, no adaptation, nothing other than that person being there by your side? No, so I went to a school. It was a, it was a mainstream school. I'd always gone to mainstream school, but then the secondary school I'd gone to, high school, I guess you would say, um, it was uh, what they had uh, was a visual impairment team who were in that school. So I went to that school, which was very far away from where I lived. Uh, you know, I was I was but taxied they had that support there. For you. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I was taxied there every day. I mean, this this gives you an idea of how the lifestyle I've come to uh, become accustomed to. Yeah, the driver would pick him up every morning. Uh, literally, Mr. yeah. Scott, have a, welcome, Mr. Scott. Please get in the car. Forty forty pounds, whatever that is, a million dollars, obviously, uh, but forty pounds a day uh, there and back um, to get me to school. And then, of course, we had all the extra work, and I had, la- I had a laptop at school, which nobody else had. I mean, you can imagine being the only kid in class with a laptop back in the mid-90s. That was not a popular uh, place to be. Did you have to carry that by yourself, or did you have someone for that as well? <laughs> someone did A little donkey it. next to you. Just Some, someone it. did, actually. Well, the scribe carried everything. <laughs> the they, they would, because what would happen is, right, you go to the next class, and say your next class, you didn't need the laptop, they would take care of it, and it would just take, be take it away to the next lesson. I honestly envision, envision a small, like, a baby donkey with a little strap over its back with a pocket on each side and unbelievable and can you imagine thinking like, more like Stewie ooh, from Family Guy yeah. walking about you know it's like <laughs> no that's how I picture you 
<laughs> oh, I see. Right, okay. Um, but it, it was just, it, it was incredible. And having that, I mean, even even exams. I mean, you know, we were we were given our own room. I even had cups of tea during my exams. Oh, come on. Uh, seriously, I'm not kidding you. I used to. I, we had a, a room separate from the main. You know, obviously exams. You have them in big halls. Well, they couldn't set up the equipment there because, of course, everyone would see what was on my screen. So you had to be kept aside. Okay, yeah, hang on, hang on. Sean, what about you? I had none, none of this, of this right? I don't of know course. What? No. Where I did just, you go? I went. I went to school, but obviously, I didn't go to the right one. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Tea and crumpets while you're doing the exams. But I didn't see crumpets. Oh, sorry, haggis. I didn't see sorry. crumpets. You have to go to the cafeteria <laughs> for that. The restaurant of the school for that. Well, I send off for it. Really, I mean, someone would bring it. Oh yeah, obviously. room service, of course. Well, yes, right, yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't allowed to leave the room because I was in the middle of an exam. But yeah, I'd get cups of tea. I had my computer. You had all the lighting set up the way you wanted it. You'd approve it all beforehand. It what? was um, it was quite a life, actually. You it's know, I mean, in some ways. In some ways, being visually impaired is a pain in the neck, but there are a lot of benefits sometimes, uh, and that was certainly a couple of them. I mean, I'm not saying it was all joy, but, you know, it's certainly, when I think back on it, I think De- about it. Definitely wondering. not the case in Canada, I could tell you that, especially if you're in a mainstream school, you're, you're, you're definitely entitled to adaptations. To what mm. extent, I couldn't answer that question. You know, if you guys are listening at home and then have been to a school here with adaptations. I'd love to know what those were, but I'm sure they're not tea and crumpets. I'm sorry, no crumpets. Tea no crumpets. and I yeah. was annoyed about that. Definitely, Biscuits. you know, you were entitled to someone in your class to help you, um, but not to the extent, I think, of probably taking your notes for you. Well, that's that was the droll of the scribe. That was the whole purpose of it, that they would be your note taker. That was the, you know, a, a, lot of the, a lot of us did do it on our own. We would take our own notes or we would Is we'd it, have to at least write them up or do something. You. <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean, Did you was, even have amazing. to be there, Stephen? Yeah, basically. that's a good question. Put it in. <laughs> yeah, if you, were, if, you were sick, if you were sick one day, would you still get your notes? Were the scribe still in school? Actually, yes. That is exactly oh the scribe God. would go this and get ridiculous. the notes. It was. I mean, when I think, now I'm saying it all out loud, it feels unbelievable, but it's, it was very true. Unbelievable is not even the word to use here, I think. <sighs> I mean, I, oh I uh, yeah, exams were brilliant. Oh, I tell you. Great, great school life. I don't get that service um, in a five-star restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Joking aside, though, that sort of help should be available to everyone. But sadly, absolutely, yeah. Well, it wasn't. It was in Scotland. I don't know about the rest of the UK. Certainly, but obviously, have different uh, rules and, and different systems of, of schooling in different parts. But uh, yeah, I know that in, in Scotland that was that was, and it was actually a fairly new thing at the time. This had only been in place for about two years when I had joined that school, and that's why I'd gone there. If I'd gone to a mainstream school without that support, I would have had someone with me, but it would have been a very different arrangement. It would have been much more, you're on your own, and someone's here to help you in certain ways, but certainly not to the level of having someone to, to write your notes, take notes from the blackboard, you know, all that stuff that you, you got when I was... Now, here's, I'm curious to see... Caddies, yeah. I'm curious to see today if those services are still there. Or if technology has played a little bit of a role there, because, for example, you could take an iPad into a classroom with a keyboard, hit record, and it could transcribe everything that's going on for you. Yeah, that's right. I think the only issue with that is... the is, tea and the crumpets. Is the tea and the crumpets, yeah. No, the, the only issue there would be, for example, trying to uh, you know, make sure you can access all that information, because it's all very well having all this technology, but as we know in the blind world, you know, the, the system itself is set up and it's very good and it works well, but is it accessible? Can you get access to the information that the the program provides? And I think a lot of children now are learning that through the challenges with Google Classroom and these other systems that 
for for any kid who's sighted, it, it's fine, you know. But for disabled kids, how does that work? For those with additional needs, how does that work? So, um, and I think a lot of kids who, if they're still getting the level of support like I got at school, they'll be missing it at the moment because you know, <laughs> I'll no one to do the work for them. I'm missing um, it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they wouldn't fill in your, your exam sheets That was the only thing they, they drew a line on they, you know, oh, I was Hoping I could sit back Discrimination that one, no. <laughs> Exactly, I was quite annoyed um, I want to quickly mention Because I know we're, we're ranting on here about all this But the one thing I did want to bring up was uh, The Oculus Quest 2 So I mentioned last week I got the or I was thinking of buying a new computer I, I took the leap I decided to get myself this Dell Alienware machine It is a beast of a machine. Oh, yes. And I, I think I, think I hear it. it now. Yeah, you probably <laughs> can. And it's off. Uh, it is unbelievably loud as a machine. And I know you're still waiting for yours, Mark, but I'm waiting for you to come and tell me, it's really loud. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. Uh, but it is. Uh, but aside that, very powerful machine. It's very capable. Uh, big difference with the graphics, no doubt. Um, still kind of on the fence as to how beneficial this is for someone like me. Is it an, a complete waste of money? I don't know. I'm still in the middle of, of deciding that one. I've got, what, 20 odd days left to decide. I can send it back if I don't uh, get there. But the one thing I'm looking at, which I think is quite interesting, is I know you can wear your glasses. I do have a prescription for glasses, which in some respects is not massively useful to me, but for really close-up work, it can be. And with the Oculus Quest 2, the VR headset on my head, having the glasses helps. But I found this thing on Facebook's website, well, actually on the Oculus Quest website, under accessories, because that's the first place I go, right? What can I get for this? I got a new headband for it, uh, the Elite Strap, as they call it, which should have come with the device in the first place. Ridiculous that it doesn't. But you've got to pay extra for that. But another thing I saw was VR lenses. You can actually get sculpted VR lenses for the headset that contain your prescription. So on the website, if you're on the US site, there, there's a US company that will do that. In the UK, there's a, a company in Germany that will provide them. So I've been in touch with them. And uh, I sent them my prescription off just to see if that was going to be possible. I think you made the comment about jam jars being stapled inside my headset, Sean. I think you're probably yes. right in that. I was a bit <laughs> concerned about that. But they've come back and said, no, we can do this. So I'm, I'm waiting for them to arrive. And that should make the experience just a little bit nicer. But, you know, still getting the headaches with them, you know, wearing it all the time. You can only wear a headset for a short period. Anybody is in that situation. You, you can't wear it all day long. Um but the computer certainly stands up to it, so I'm, I'm so far impressed. You are impressed, yeah. I, I don't know, though. You're still on the one game, aren't you? I'm, I'm interested when you, when you try a few different games to see, to see if it's any better. I don't think I can play any more games than this. I think this game is all I can handle. I mean, put it this way. If a car stops, I, I, one thing I've been getting into, right, is, is mods for the game. So Euro Truck Simulator 2 is the game, and you can add all these mods in different Oh, listen to uh, this, everyone. Weather. Oh, this is ridiculous. Sorry, carry Co on. Uh, coaches as well. You can have buses. This is joy to me. I mean, you can even, in the VR world of it, you can sort of walk up the back of the bus. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, you can, you can get in the bus, you can go for a drive, you can do all that stuff, and that's fine. I've enabled a mod called Brutal Traffic, which, you know, does increase the traffic flow a little bit and it just makes it a bit more realistic when you get to traffic lights and such like um, but the problem is that every so often a car will just stop in the middle of the road and the problem for me is I won't really notice that car until I've crashed into it and um, mm. 
you that this is causing my damage limit to go up and it's costing me a fortune in repair bills. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to deal with that. But I think that's the joy of uh, being a visually impaired uh, truck driver. I, I don't know what to say to that. Yes. <laughs> if anyone's listening who is a visually impaired truck driver, do let us know. Uh, your views are welcome. But, uh, yeah, I am enjoying it. Mark, I mean, are you, have you you were trying out, I think, was it, what was it called? First Contact or something? Yeah, it was for, I haven't, game? honestly, I haven't fit it. My batteries died. I didn't charge it enough to get through it. But it's an interesting experience, and I don't know how far it goes, but you're basically in this RV, and uh, you're you're greeted by this robot and all this ancient computery around you, even like floppy disks and stuff. And it, I, it really it teaches you how to handle things in VR, which is kind of cool. But um, uh, so far, a very immersive experience. So I'm excited to kind of take that down the road. But I'm I'm waiting so. for that computer because I wanna I wanna get my flight simulator on with. Uh, well, with that's VR. gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's gonna be cool. <laughs> Uh, look, we'll take a short break. We'll come back because there's lots to talk about. I want to talk about these Nike shoes that everyone's very excited about. Do you want shoes that can uh, tie themselves yes. up when you put them on? Very Marty McFly. Yes. Uh, well, stick around. We'll talk about those and why Nike are not using the word disability in any of their advertising around this, which is interesting. That's on the way. Miss something on today's show? Search for Double Tap Canada on the podcast platform of your choice and listen anytime. We'll be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. Okay, look, before we get to the uh, self-lacing shoes from Back to the Future, they have come to life. I'm so excited about these. Uh, what did I forget to mention last week, Sean? Yeah, last week we said that we were going to talk about some training materials from Vispero for dual screen reading. And, uh, yeah, we went off on a tangent and forgot to come back to it. Well, there's nothing new there then, isn't there? <laughs> uh, well, yes, you're right. The uh, company Vespero, which owns Freedom Scientific and owns other brands as well, like AI Squared and Optilec, uh, they have now got, uh, you're right, these training materials that are available via the ACB Community Podcast. So if you search online for Vespero ACB community podcast you'll uh, get some interesting training sessions for jaws users i'm going to try some of those out i think it's about time if i'm honest that the uh, you know somebody comes along with some kind of intro to jaws because it's a very big yes. bulky screen reader program and it's very difficult to just jump into um you, you need to first of all get a sense of what it's about how it actually works and then you need to get into the the sort of how wise wherefores and also the commands you need to learn to use it. It's it's a big program to learn. I'm sure I probably only use about it's a bit like my brain. I use about a tenth of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm just using tabs and arrows most of the time, and it's fine. But yeah. as many resources as you can get out there, the better, because there's not a huge amount. I'll be honest. So Nike have announced its latest creation. It's called the Go Fly Ease hands-free shoes. Oh, oh now I'm excited. I mean, you know, I know I could, I'm going to come up with all kinds of reasons why disabled people would benefit from this. But truthfully, it's kind of back to my school days again. It's just about being lazy. Um, I just want to put my feet into something and it does the job for me. And these self-lacing shoes apparently can do this very similar to what you saw in Back to the Future Part 2 uh, with Marty McFly and all the rest. Great movies. Um, but yeah, this this is something which I think, do, what would you want from Back to the Future 2? Because I wanted the hovercraft um, oh, the hoverboard, yeah, yeah. hoverboard, yeah. Well, you got segways, and they called them hoverboards, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, no. 
Boo. But you know what? These these really don't. I mean, they don't. They don't fulfill my dream of self lacing technology like we okay. imagine them to be. They're actually just so to physically describe them. They're imagine a regular shoe, but it's in two parts. So the sole and the front and the tongue on the top is all one part, and the heel and the back support is a separate part. And they kind of when you take your foot out or when they're in their natural state, they're folded up. So you you aim your foot downwards into the front and you push your foot down and it kind of molds into place. That's the extent of the shoe. They don't actually tighten yeah. around you or anything like that. But mm. but they are, you know, for people with, with uh, disabilities who can't use their hands, who can't bend down, these are incredible, incredible inventions. But that's what's really been the controversy here, that uh, Nike has not mentioned disability at all. And a lot of people are picking up on this and saying, you know, this is a, a universal shoe. It's very easy to use. Um, it's, you know, uh, some would say a gimmick. Others would say for disab disabled people in particular that it's going to be very beneficial. Nike, though, going uh, with the line, this is for everybody. They're kind of using that Apple universal approach to things. Sean, a lot of people saying this is just a raising disability. The fact that we're not even mentioning it anywhere in the press release or even discussing the benefits to disabled people. Is that, is that a good thing or should we, should we want more of a universal approach to discussion around design? Well, it's just the words you're using, isn't it? That the big thing was that they're not using the word disability. They use universal. They use for people with uh, dexterity issues um, or people that can't use their hands, but they never say for people with disabilities. For me, I honestly don't care because they're not shying away from, um, you know, oh, these are for just you cool, trendy kids out there. Um, they are saying, you know, that for for people who do have problems, but they're just not using the word disability. And honestly, I don't have a problem with that. I think the big, um, the reason there was some controversy as well is because when they first put this out on Twitter, loads of people were tweeting back. Ah, people are just lazy. You know, what's the point of these? Mm. People are just being lazy. And of course, then the people with disabilities were saying, no, well, hang on, these do have a use case, you know. Um, but I think you'll find that for so many things that, that people don't even think about disability firstly anyway. And I think, I don't think we need to be so sensitive about it. Um, if they but don't then isn't, isn't the argument that then we should talk about? I mean, the, the word disability is not a bad word. It's a word we can say, right? I mean, we can, there's been a campaign, say the word, hashtag say the word campaign that, that people are trying to say, look, come on, stop hiding away from it. Stop avoiding the conversation you, about it. We don't do that with any other identity. You're always going to find someone who will say, I don't like that word. I don't like that word disability. I mean, we've had this discussion before about, you know, handicapped. I, uh, personally, I don't care. You know, so there's always going to be someone who doesn't like that label that they're given. Uh, if, if, it's, if Nike have chosen I don't think to, anyone's using handicapped anymore. I'm just guessing, but well, I'm pretty yeah, sure that one's gone. You'll be surprised gone. when it does, <laughs> does slip out now and again. Maybe, but, maybe in the States. I've heard it used there, actually. In fairness, yeah. that's come up a few times. Handicapped spaces, I still hear quite a lot. But mm. th look, that, that doesn't matter. The, the thing is, if Nike wants to say, you know what, we don't, we're uncomfortable using that word. Instead, we're going to use you know, universal and say this is aimed at everyone. And, and they're not, as I said, they're not shying away from this is for people who have problems using their hands to put on their shoes. I honestly don't see an issue with it. I mean, Mark, it, it can be sold as, you know, the lazy person's shoe. You know, have we got so. Uh... <laughs> We're so lazy in the pandemic, we can't even be bothered to lean over well, listen, and pick up the, our the, shoes. The slip-on generation is is you know very active. I mean, I even enjoy my slip-on shoes that are not running shoes, but I just have another nice pair of slip-ons. They're convenient. You want to run in and out of the house. They're great. 
Um, I think these are just another generation of them that give you even more comfortable fit in the in the running shoe style. I mean, how many how many people do you know don't ever undo their laces and just force uh, their me. foot into their That's shoe? Me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do that all the time. I do you know? my laces about once every three months, and all the other times <laughs> because just... they come loose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. And that's exactly why they said the designer on on the uh, promo that I saw said, you know, I, I saw that people were using their shoes like that. They put their foot on the heel and just slip them off, and then just cram their foot back in when they want to put them back on. So why don't we design shoes that actually, you know, fit that? And uh, I think they're absolutely right. And let's not forget as well, this isn't the first time this whole Fly Ease, Nike Fly Ease uh, range, it's all about trying to make... Um, uh, putting on your shoes much more accessible they did have the jordan flyees which were a, a zip and then you had the the real bats of the future ones which were laces as, as such but had motors on them so you'd press a button on the side of the shoe and it would tighten up um they had those a few years ago and these are the latest ones i gotta say i think these are far better because there's no electronics as, as far as I know, in there. So you don't have to charge no, them up no. or, or yeah. worry about that. It's all uh, engineering, mechanical engineering. And uh, yeah, I think actually look, Nike are doing a good job here. They're doing a good thing. And I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit too much to jump on them just because they're choosing not to use the word disability. Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I have to say, I, I probably fall into that camp a little bit as well, because I think, you know, when it comes to it, uh, you know, when I think about my iPhone, I wouldn't want it to come with a disabled badge you know, printed on the front just so I knew that I could buy it, you know, and I wouldn't want one, I wouldn't want to walk out the Apple store with an with an iPhone that was wrapped in a disabled badge so that people thought, oh, he's got the special disabled version. I want people to understand that that device is for everyone and it's the same with these. Um, listen, just on the subject of accessibility in particular, uh, Microsoft are asking all of us to get involved in a survey. I saw Jeff Bishop tweeting this out the, the other day from Microsoft. He's a great guy who's worked in the accessibility team for a while, and he is very keen for us to have our views out there on um, the voices that are used with your screen reader. So there are some questions as to how and why users choose a voice, if different voices are used for different tasks, maybe level of experience with a screen reader as well. It's very comprehensive. Uh, I've gone through it, and it's it's good. I'm, I'm I'm really glad they're doing this. This is brilliant. Uh, this will obviously impact on narrator, I'm guessing, down the line, work they're doing there. Um, but I'm really loving the way that they're reaching out to the community as they do. So, you know, if you can search for that, blindbargains.com, I think is where we got the, the source from for this. But there is, you, know, you can get to it via Microsoft and we'll tweet it out at Double Tap Canada as well. So if you follow us there then uh, we'll uh, definitely put that out. But I think that's a great thing, and I'm glad we're able to to mention that. Uh, Skype for Business Online. It's going away in six months, guys. Oh, Are we sad? Finally. I mean, oh, yeah, no. no. I'm so sad. <laughs> Tears. Tears. Oh, it's, the whole you know, confusion. I'm, I'm surprised Skype for consumers still exists, and it's not replaced by Teams or some kind of Teams Lite. Or, I don't know. I think there's still a lot of confusion between Teams, Skype for Business, and Skype. And I think the fact that Skype for Business is going bye-bye is a good thing because it means there'll be a little bit less confusion. Yeah, who uses Skype? I mean, really, why would you bother these days? They need. To, there was talk of Teams Lite, you know, a kind of Teams for everyone. Well, there is there is a free version of Teams that you can download to join meetings and such. So, I, I mean, there's no reason that people can't be using that. But I think just the word Teams, um, you know, it gives you that It's business. not very consumer, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's not consumer. You might almost want to call it, you know, conversations or something. I don't know. Yeah, or Zoom. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> well, yeah, or chat, that's true. Or, uh, yeah. 
or yeah. Messenger. Hmm. Yeah. MSN <laughs> Messenger. <laughs> was it Apple that had, was it iChat? Was the first before? Yeah, it was iChat before iMessage. iMessage. Um, yeah. iChat was kind of in the same time as ICQ and, um, was it, uh, what was that one that I used to, Windows Messenger, Windows, I used to use that well, all there was the time. Windows, there was MSN Messenger, Insane, ICQ, yeah. And um, and there was one app that let you sign up for all of them at the same time. Trillion, I think. Trillion, yeah, Trillion. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and, and there's actually a company out there now, and I should have written this down. That Beeper, Beeper, that's trying yes, to that's, uh, right. that's trying to emulate that concept, but they're sending people jailbroken iPhones so mm. they can use iMessage oh, across like platform. <laughs> can you imagine that? That's not going to last very long, yeah. is it? Apple will shut that down as soon as they can. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, but there is an as a Mac app. So if you have a Mac that's always on, on online, you can actually run that in the background as well and get your iMessages to your Android devices, which is and is that secure? Is that because there's got to be issues with security like there? Doesn't no. sound too secure to no, me. There's a problem there. Must mm. be. I just remember, and I'll, I want to pull back that keynote to when they first announced FaceTime on stage. And uh, and I message. They talked how it's going to be open source, and everybody's going to be able to use yeah. it. Yeah. What happened to that? I mean, it's it's a Sorry, real bl- shame. Bl- mm, blame right, the yeah. last guy. Blame Steve Jobs. He's not here anymore. He can't talk for himself. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but but it is something that a lot of people want, right? I mean, a lot of people would. I mean, I, I've said a million times. I'd probably use Android a bit more if I could get FaceTime and iMessage on it. Um, but I can because I can't. I feel like I'm losing something. Uh, I'm going to talk a bit more about that in a minute, actually, because it's something that I want to pick up on this week. Um, just to mention as well, you picked up on this story this week, Sean, so I'll let you talk about it. But you're very excited about this binaural audio. And apparently it's the new way we'll experience podcasting in the future, potentially. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I mean, audio interests me anyway. And, and 3D audio always sounds really cool. Everyone knows the um, demos that you get out there, the 3D audio barbershop demo where you can actually it feels like people are walking around you and that's all down to binaural audio the way the audio is recorded and uh, there's a a move i think it's by um uh, iheart radio they're actually putting together a playlist of 3d audio podcasts and they think this could be the way the future of podcasts so it actually feels like you're sat in the middle of the people um I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how, how it would work with podcasts, how much you need to be that involved. I think it's perfectly fine now. But I do think it's an interesting use for 3D audio. And uh, particularly as you don't need any specialised hardware to do this, it's all about how the audio is recorded at source. So how they record the podcast. And as long as you've got headphones on, you're going to experience that 3D audio. So, yeah, iHeartRadio have a playlist available with some demos of these podcasts and I don't know there does seem to be a lot of movement in podcasts at the minute that that, that there's a lot of money being paid for companies to acquire certain podcasts and I think there is going to be some movement into 3D audio but I just I don't know how every you know the normal guy on the street how interested they are in that I'm not entirely well, convinced. Well, it's like everything else, isn't it? Until you try it, you don't know. Mark, I'm interested in this because you, you'll know the answer yeah. to this. You know things. How does this work? <laughs> like when you record in 360, how are you... Because we were trying to work this out the other day. How does it actually work? Um, you need specialised equipment. So Sennheiser and Neumann make some pretty good microphones that are uh, meant for this binaural audio. One is actually the shape of a head. There's literally a physical, it looks like a mannequin's head, but there are microphones, multiple microphones built into the head. I will find the link and the name for it because I know you're laughing at me now going, what are you talking about? Um, no, I have heard of this. It's like, I looked into the price of this thing. Oh, I mean, it's something no effective like $50,000. It's the ridiculous. Yeah, it's, not, it's not normal. But they also make, uh, you know, Sennheiser, 
Sennheiser makes a, a, a binaural audio microphone that literally has six different capsules on top of it, and it actually captures the sound, and you have to record it um, each track onto a, each, I guess, angle onto a different track, and then you have to have the proper software to assemble it so that you can recreate the sound. So there's a lot of a lot of software trickery and a lot of magic going on in the background that helps to reassemble that audio that you capture, but it's literally you need specialized hardware to capture it in real time. They even made a USB, a, a, a lightning connector set of headphones that had a 3D audio microphone on it. Uh, it was co-designed with Apogee, and it was quite interesting because you'd walk around the environment, and it, it just gives you that spatial sound. You close your eyes, and you can actually hear people coming from everywhere. It's giving you that that surround sound feel with a set of headphones that are just kind of two speakers blasting in your in your in your ears. And the way it really works is just a matter of um, you know panning things left and right, and you know making it louder and quieter to give you the impression that things are a certain distance and a certain placement in your head. It's it's quite creepy. There's there's um, a sample on YouTube that if you have the proper headphones or even stereo headphones, you can actually replicate this. Where you're at a barber and you're getting a haircut, so you're you're it's, when you close your eyes, it feels like you're in a chair because you hear the barber sounds and everything around you. But the sense and the the way your body reacts to the sounds of clippers getting closer and cutting those little hairs behind your ears, and it's extremely creepy. Extremely creepy, but something that you want to try out if you're into this whole audiophile kind of world. But I how do you think that would, that would work with podcasting, though? Do you think that's almost I, too much? Too much you know, of an I think, experience? I think what ends up happening is your podcast ends up becoming a radio play. You know, it's yeah, not just yeah. a podcast where you're talking. It's now suddenly you're putting on a, a theatrical performance. Yeah. And, and that's where I could see that there might be a benefit. When I produced the It's a Wonderful Life I took advantage of the stereo audio spectrum to make voices come from different sides, to make sound effects go left to right, et cetera, et cetera, so that when people were sitting down and listening to it, you could feel almost like you're immersed into the environment. And I was doing that just in stereo. So imagine if you knew that the people that were going to consume that had seven speakers around them. So you can, you know, in, in Adobe Audition or in Pro Tools, one of the two of the most famous, you know, uh, digital audio workstations, there are are surround mixers and what it looks like it's literally a round room and you see the placement of the speakers and in real time you take your mouse or a joystick or a controller if you have it and you take individual sound by sound and you can pan that in the 3d spectrum and it'll literally map it to the speakers and control the amplification and therefore the distance you perceive it to be around the room very very cool stuff but very, very specialized as to who's going to be able to really experience it. So on the podcast side, unless you're putting on some kind of performance where you want people to feel more immersed, I don't see a real benefit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the only thing I can think of that I think would be good to do here, and again, this is maybe just for the blind community. Maybe others would appeal, this would appeal to as well, but certainly I think blind folk would like, you know, those unboxing videos, um, you know, reviews of, of physical space. I'm thinking about, you know, let's imagine going into the Apple store to try the new MacBook Pro for the first time, you know, and getting that whole experience of being there. Um, I think that that kind of thing you know, would be good, but, you know, for, for a podcast? No, I mean, for, for a conversation like this to be in 3D, wow. I mean, you know, it's hard enough in 2D, right? <laughs> yes. So I think that's, yeah. that's the trouble. I'm, I, when I'm thinking of podcasts, I'm thinking of my own experience. I'm just thinking of vocal. 
really, like a yeah. conversation. And of course, like Mark brings up, there, there's other podcasts, there's other um, genres out there. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I'm going to check it out. I've um, been thinking a lot about Android in the past couple of weeks, and I've decided to give a go to the Google Pixel 5, which Google very kindly sent me. And um, I've got the Pixel 5 and the Pixel 4a 5G, if you're keeping count. Um and essentially, uh, both are 5G phones. I've got a 5G contract, and I thought, well, what I'm going to do is put my SIM card in here and give it a go and give Android a, a shot. But to do it properly, and I am switching from a, a work phone that I have to this rather than using my own phone. I'll keep my iPhone, thank you. Uh, I'm not giving up altogether. <laughs> but I do want to make the... Well, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, when I need to get something done, uh, then I can get it done. But I say that because I know how the iPhone works. I can do it quicker, right? But, you know, this is new, so I'll have to take time to get used to it. But one of the things I was thinking about was, is it easy to make the switch, right? If I want to do the switch completely, how easy is that? It's become uh, well, easier. If, well, yeah. And I was looking into this article, which, again, we'll, we'll tweet this out. Because this is quite interesting. Um, there are lots of things. I didn't realise that uh, Samsung and, and actually Google Pixel phones as well, thank goodness, come with their own all-in-one iPhone to Android switching system built yeah. in. Uh, that is something I'm going to start with because that means that I can use the software or maybe even the cable, whatever it might need, to connect my iPhone to the Android and then just make a switch. And that sounds great. I don't really know how that works or what's well, involved. You should document this. You should document this yeah. both for this show and for the TV show because a lot of people hesitate for that exact reason. They don't realize that there are tools out there, much like when you get a new Mac and it says, do you want to restore this from a time machine backup? Mm -hmm. Now when you get a new Android phone, the instant uh, response is, do you want to set this up as a new phone? Do you want to import an Android backup or do you want to move from an iPhone? And it gives you the option to do it wirelessly from a cable or some phones even allow you to access your iCloud backup and do it that way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, that is good. And I mean, we're talking here, obviously, about things like the, the basics, right? So calendar, contacts, photos, how do you get all that across? Email. I mean, that's a bit easier because you can always... Even apps. Yeah, even apps as well. We'll match apps in the App Store and say, okay, you have these on iOS, so we found this match for you on this side. One top tip, though, and I have heard this one before, but it is in this article as well, about deregistering iMessage before you make the move. Um, I didn't realize this at first, and I, when I did do my first uh, venture into the Android world, I didn't do this, and I couldn't get any texts for a while. Uh, but you've got to turn off. I think it's two things you need to do. You need to turn off iMessage first on the phone. And sign up. But then you have to deregister on a, a, web, a website. You have to go to Apple's deregister iMessage website. And basically, you go to where I think it says something like, you know, no longer have your iPhone. You put in the number, you click the link, it sends a code, and then you type that code into the page. And then that's it. It's, it takes like 40 odd days to do, but it does it. <laughs> and then it, which is ridiculous, right? But it does do that. Um, so, you know, there, there's lots of interesting things here. Files as well, as you see, apps is another thing. Music, again, there's so many ways we can get that. And a lot of those apps do apply across the, the board as well. So if you are making the switch, you know, I'll, I'll document my road uh, on journey on this and you can see what you think on an upcoming show. Look, lots more to talk about. We've got your feedback coming up and uh, lots more on Double Tap Canada. If you love Double Tap Canada, why not check out Double Tap TV with Stephen Scott and Marka Flalo every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. The latest tech news, hands-on reviews, exclusive interviews, accessible to all. Find out more at ami.ca slash Double Tap. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. 
Double Tappers. Want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. Hey, Mark, I've got a question for you about the HomePod Mini. Have you got one of those yet? I do. It's right in front of me. I keep it right in the middle of my desk. Okay, so I take my iPhone and... <laughs> I was going to ask you this exact... I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I know where you're going with this, and I was going to ask you this earlier today. Go ahead. So I was told by the good people at Apple that if I take my iPhone and I move it across to my HomePod Mini, it should start making a noise it or It starts something. vibrating and you get, as you get closer to it. Yeah, and, and then you can do the handoff thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't work. Oh, no. It's not doing it. The, you know what? Then the, You might make sure you're on the same Wi-Fi network. Um, that's one thing. And I think you have to be, um, there has to be music playing or there has to be something going on, like in a phone call. And as you bring it, like right now, my iPhone's ah. in front of me. I think there's, there was music playing. So I'm going to bring it, as I bring it closer, literally probably within a foot, it says HomePod mini on my screen. It says tap for controls and it starts vibrating as I get closer. It vibrates more and more and more and more and more and more, more. And then when I hit the screen, it says HomePod Mini now playing, and I hit play button, and I think it plays on my HomePod Mini. I can't really tell. I'm trying Simple to listen. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you are able to do the handoff, though, Stephen, but it's just not giving you that uh, proximity vibration. I think that was the that's problem right. You were but having. well, that's I'm not even pressing any buttons on the phone. I'm just literally. You might have to turn it on. It on. Um, you might have to turn it on, or or there could be some issues maybe with um, some of the accessibility features you have on. Well, or I've got voiceover my... on the HomePod Mini. I don't know if that has any impact on it. I don't know. That's so mine's question. when I tap. Play. 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 Yeah, so that's my, it's on just now. So if I take my phone, which is on here, so if I just put speech back on because I turned it off so we could do the show. <laughs> what have I done to my phone? Hang on. have oh, killed it. Oh, no, we've killed <laughs> it. Killed my phone. <laughs> Hang on. There we go. Right, so we're up. Okay, so let me just take this over. So you're saying that if I, so if I just move over, Nothing's happening. Nothing. I literally get. But within, something has I, to be playing. I, I, I guess. Well, I don't know because I get within a foot of it, and it starts vibrating, and it says HomePod Mini HomePod. And it gets what the phone is vibrating. My phone vibrating. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's getting stronger and stronger, right. and the HomePod's glowing. And as I literally touch it, it opens the music now playing. And if I hit play, oh yeah, that works. Whoa, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I need to get into this because it's doing nothing and it with keeps, me. And it keeps it paired too, which is interesting. What are you listening to? <laughs> I just like listening to the broken records over and over again. It's kind of fun. I was going to say, do you, do you enjoy listening to uh, road traffic? Because uh, uh, you should try out my Euro Truck Simulator game. You'd love it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So I got I got another thing I wanted to mention this week. I got I was uh, I actually got it ages ago, and I, I just, it just surfaced this morning. <laughs> most of the stuff I buy, uh, and I forgot all about it. It was a, a it's called the Surface Pad. I don't know if you've heard of this thing, right? It's from Microsoft, and basically it's for the the keyboards that you get if you were buying say our Surface Pro. Uh, you would maybe get a, a keyboard, and you would maybe want a number pad separately. Oh, okay, yeah. The reason I got it was because I see a, not, a lot of disabled people online talking about it, saying it's a great customizable keyboard. So you could decide, you know, it doesn't have to be a number pad. It could be anything you want it to be. Uh, the software is controllable, so you can say, well, all the different numbers can be different things. So if you're running certain software or you wanted to just control certain things with simple keystrokes, then you could do that. Of course, for JAWS users, it's great because a lot of JAWS users prefer to use a number pad. Uh, but, you know, you can you can actually customize it. So it's not even out of the box yet, but I'm going to have a play with that and let you know how it got on. That sounds Is that USB cool. or wireless or? Yeah, Bluetooth. Bluetooth, yeah. Bluetooth yeah. yeah. And you can run macros with that using the software? 
Yeah, the software has it all built in, which is kind of cool. But you've uh, got a how stream... accessible all that is. I don't know. You've got a stream deck. Yeah, but you know, you you move on, don't you? I, my stream deck's in a drawer. I don't. I, I, I know, really got it's ridiculous. I got to start playing with all these toys. I got a really cool uh, text here because we only got a couple seconds. Um, it says from it doesn't say who it's from, but it says our records show that you're due a tax rebate. This is exciting. Continue to go to govuk-securefund.com. That sounds really legitimate. We should really go there real fast. <laughs> definitely real, um, To yeah. calculate your funds. But you know what? This brought up an interesting question because I do have a lot of people who, um, you know, I forget how many people out there, you know, don't really understand the back end of all the spam and stuff and phishing going on. Mm. And someone sent me an email saying, is this legit? And I looked at it and I instantly knew that it wasn't. And uh, so I wanted to kind of give people this tip because as much as I know it, I know a lot of people don't. Just put your mouse over the link. You know, the second you put your mouse over the link, it'll pop up and show you where that link is actually going. Mm. And 99% of the time uh, when you suspect it, you're going to see that it's not going to a legitimate site. And the other tip that I always give people is if you've got an iPhone, click the link on the iPhone because you can't break the iPhone. There's no way to break that. You're not going to get, you know, Ooh, that's spam. a brave claim, sir. Well, you know what? I've never, I've never heard a story of anybody um, getting a, any kind of phishing attack no. successful on an iPhone itself. Um, on a Mac, I wouldn't do it, but on an iPhone, I never hesitate. If I see a link, I'm like, ha, let's see where they're really trying to get me. And, and also check, it's really important to say this as well, check that link because I remember getting one which was very genuine from Apple. It was one of these, you know, reset your password things. And it was only when I went into the link itself, it was, uh, you know, you would look at it and you would say, yeah, apple.com, yeah. Apple. yeah. And, they, and, they, and, they, and they copy the page to the copyright to everything, to but headers and footers. But here's the thing. If you actually looked into the URL, it was A-P-P-I-E. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or 1E, e, So I've seen it as looks well. on glance at Apple. But yeah, you, um, you 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 could easily get tricked by that, you know, and that's the problem. So yeah, there's that's, a lot of things you got to be careful. That's about where that. a screen reader comes in great because you know straight away. App we are always ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah, we can check these things out. Uh, look, that's it. That's our hour up. Can you believe it? Uh, keep your feedback coming. And details are uh, coming up. In the meantime, though, Mark. Thank you. And Sean Price. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.